Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Cobes, welcome to Action City. Emmy! Hi! Hi! <laughs> do we have any pep in our step left or what? What's the... What do you mean? Like it's been a, it's been a, uh, like a marathon morning for us, I feel like. I, I feel good. Do you feel good? I do. I feel good. I mean, I feel, I I sound and I feel a lot better than I did last week. You do sound so much better. Although I still, that's probably my pit. I still have like a little bit of congestion and it's driving me crazy. It's very sexy though. That kind of like. Catherine, that makes me so uncomfortable. (laughs) I cannot deal with you calling me sexy or anything I just said your voice was sexy. Well, thank you. Well, you're sexy too, but. Oh my God. (laughs) Jeff. Is Jeff going to be horrified? No, he'll think it's funny. So oh the pit is that you feel, do you, do you just feel congested? You don't feel, you, you no, feel I good, feel right? fine. It's just, I, I forget when you have a sinus infection or any sort of whatever, how long it actually takes to get over it. Yeah. And obviously after this last year, being constantly reminded that being sick is bad. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? As opposed to just being sick is just part of life. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that what that should yeah. have been the conversation yeah. You know what I mean? A little bit. You can't more. always just, feel like a million bucks. Exactly. No, I think that's, not, I mean, that's sort of my pit. I think my real pit though was, Oh gosh, we were putting Campbell to bed and we kind of have our nightly routine down where I grab Campbell, Jeff grabs Huffman. We kind of do Jamie's and books separately. See, it's good when you have two. It's like a tech. Everyone's yes, man on man. We're man on man. Um, so, and usually Huffman after he puts his Jamie's on comes into Campbell's room. He's like, good night to her. Um, but we were a little out of sync and somehow I think Campbell was either crying or whatever. And Jeff decided to turn on, her, my sister-in-law gave me this darling, it's like a snow globe music box yes. combo. So it's pretty heavy, right? He decides to turn it on because it plays pretty music and it has a little giraffe and it says Campbell on it. Well, Jeff also decides to hand it to Huffman and oh, it's no. so heavy. So Huffman, it, it has glitter in it, mind you, wet glitter. So, inside the snow globe kind of thing. Inside the snow globe. So he hands it to Huffman. Huffman, of course, drops it on the wood floor and it shatters. And this Did he is, drop it on his toe or just... No, okay, no, good. So we it, avoid bodily harm. Except That's for good. we're all standing there with glass and we, none of all, we all have bare feet. And so we're all just screaming. It was like the perfect storm <laughs> of like water, <laughs> glitter, glass, bedtime. Like uh-huh. it was just... It was so bad. So... You tiptoed out of there, I guess. And so I was, I was standing, but so I just sat in, I call it my nursing chair because when I breastfed, it was like, you know, it's like our rocking chair, right? It's a comfy chair in Campbell's room. So I just sat there with her and we kind of watched Jeff try to manage the situation. He throws Huffman in his crib and I'm scared if I say this out loud, then I'm going to jinx myself. But Huffman is huge. Like he's, he's, I think he's Almost four feet tall, which is insane. What? Yeah, he's like 42 inches and he's three. Okay, we're going to need to, I need a viewing. Right? I, mean, I see him all the time. 48 inches. 48 that? inches would yeah, be, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, anyways, he, I mean, he's tall. He could easily climb out of his crib. He is not yet. He's not figured Let's, out. I'm going to knock on some wood. Right I know. Now I, I, I can't believe I'm even saying it, but mm-hmm. I'm saying it. 
Um, but so Jeff throws Huffman in his crib and Jeff is cleaning, but there's like wet glitter on the rug. Like she's an Indian kind of this, what I found this vintage rug from India, but it's woven. Right. So all, it just was like, yeah. And it was right at bedtime. Oh no. You're gonna have to wait till it dries. You'd have to take it outside and shake all the glitter off. Actually, he it did work a lot better. He used the vacuum on top of it and I mean he swept all the glass. That's the thing. Yes. Is, like you have to sweep the glass and then you have to try to dry and then you sweep more glass and then you vacuum. It was a whole thing. At my house, Jim is not allowed to clean up any glass. Anybody that really doesn't really have a very like heightened attention to detail. See, I I that's me. I'm not allowed to clean up nope, the glass. No, Jim is not allowed to touch glass. No, no, and no. <laughs> so when I dropped an entire bottle of wine on my back porch recently. Oh no. And it was really on my back stairs. Glass was everywhere. And I mean, I feel like it's there's a swimming pool. We're going yeah, in and out with no yeah, shoes all the yeah, time. Absolutely. That was, but he just he knows to just step away. See, Jeff, Jeff's probably a better man for the job than I am. But it was just a lot of excitement at bedtime, which is the opposite of what you want, right? Like the room is like quiet and the sound machine is on and we're like talking softly. And then it was like an explosion went off. Uh Yeah. So that was my pit. And then I think my peak. Okay. This is kind of interesting in my mind. I don't know if anybody else will find this interesting, but I listened to our girl Gwyneth, her Goop podcast. Her favorite. And she... Called him a psychotherapist. I don't know what that is. And I'm not going to pretend like I know what that is. But essentially, he led the podcast through a meditation. His name is Barry Michaels, if you're interested. In the oh, episode. I started listening to the beginning of it. And then I kind of, it you was going to be a little heavy it. for okay. like, so I switched to a different one. So I think I just, I caught it right when I needed to. Like it was on a good, I had to go pick up, I Anyways, I had to go pick something up. It was a 20-minute drive both ways. So it was 40 minutes total in the car, which was perfect for the By podcast. yourself, no kids. By myself, no children. Nobody, just me. And he did this exercise. And I had a recent stressful situation. And I don't know. I've I've been trying to work on being more, having more gratitude in general. Just thanking, you know, God, thanking, being grateful for people and kind of just... I don't know. I've kind of realized that I'm not like impressed by much in while materialistic things. That's great. But like in other parts of life, so I'm like, no, you need to, this is a good thing. You need to, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So he did this exercise where it's like, you think about your stressful situation, but then you think of thing, things, three things you're grateful for. And it sounds so hokey and silly, but I did it in the stress immediately. Like I felt it melting off. It was insane. How far into the episode does he do that? Cause I do, maybe I did. I think it was like 25 minutes okay. in. It was on I'm my way go back. back. So it must've been on the back end of the, were you episode. worried that you were driving and trying to meditate? Were you like, well, these two things I, don't mix? No, I mean, no, I wasn't. He was like, you didn't have your eyes closed. He was like, close your eyes. And I didn't do that. Okay, good. Um, but I think actually if somebody did want to like really dive into this episode, they could, you know, sit in a yoga pose on a yoga mat and like do the whole thing. Um, but it was so interesting how easily that de-stressed me. And I think my, like, you know, before when I was gaining weight and all of this stuff, I realized it had a lot to do with stress. And 
I've said this before. I don't think that my life is particularly stressful. So I know this is a me problem, not a life problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a problem I have with myself. So I've now started doing this or if I feel overwhelmed or stressed, I start thinking about things to be grateful for. And I'm not, I'm like a happier person already. And this just happened like last Tuesday. Okay. Seriously. It's so. And I bet this exercise took all of three minutes. If that. If that. And I saw there's, I guess this is called like the five minute journal. Um, And Emma actually told me about this where you wake up in the morning and you have to list three things you're grateful for. And then at the end of the night, you list three things you're grateful for. I don't know if you actually need to write them down. I think you can just do it mentally, but I'm not kidding, Catherine. I feel like a so much happier, like weirdly happier. Have you done it again since then? Yeah, I do it. I haven't done it daily, but anytime I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed. And I think too, with Campbell being sick and just like life, you know, kind of going back to normal, I feel there's been some stress and guilt and things like this. But I think when you think about the gratitude instead, I don't know, I feel kind of hokey, but I also feel excited. Right? I'm going to I'm going to listen to this episode maybe tomorrow. It was really Oh yeah, on the airplane it be On the airplane perfect. I might listen to it. Yeah. And close was, my eyes. Well, and he also does this exercise where you, he calls it your shadow. And it's basically like the person that lives inside of you that you don't take care of that you put all of your stress onto and he made me like visualize what she looks like and she like would look kind of looks like me but like 30 pounds heavier and had acne like you know what like the worst version of Mm -hmm. yourself sort of and like he made you apologize to that person it was kind of crazy. And I know that Michaels on the Goop podcast on the Goop podcast I don't know it just I felt I felt happy to have a sense of relief in a very simple way, right? Yeah. In a way that you didn't have to plan for it. Or talk to my therapist about it. Talk to your therapist about it. It was immediate. It was was, immediate. It was easy and it was fruitful. And I think my mood has completely shifted. And then I had, I saw somebody later this weekend and who wanted to talk about the stressful time. And I think I was a lot nicer than I could have been. You know what I mean? Like, I think I was a lot more forgiving of the situation than I had been in the past too. So that was good too. But I don't know. I don't know. It's just something little. So if anybody's feeling stressed, it was like, just think of three things that you're grateful for in this situation. Right. I mean, cause there, there are things to be grateful for in any bad situation. Right. And I get it. Like, and like I said before, I don't think my life is particularly stressful on the stressful scale. And that is why I'm trying to fix my mindset. Is that too heavy for the action city? Not at all. Okay. (laughs) But I do think we all do have different levels of stress and I don't want you to discount. I'm not discounting my own stress. Don't, don't, feel like you shouldn't have stress. I think no, no, life I, is, is right, hard. Right, right. Is no, and I haven't I, learned till I've gotten older. Well, and that's the thing. I've, I've small children and people mm-hmm. say that that is super stressful. And yes. when you're in it, it's hard to see that this is really stressful, but I think it's just something I'm just so happy. I have a little tiny tool yeah. that I can do for myself. And people say all the time, you know, happiness begins with gratitude and you should be grateful and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, until I really did this, I didn't understand what that meant necessarily. And I think all we're doing all day long is just sort of trying to add to our toolbox, right? Like, Oh, totally. It just, it will, it's like filling up a glass of water. You're just going to keep adding a little bit at a time. Yeah. I just, I feel like to that, that sense of relief I got 
instantly was like, you know, 10 times better than taking a Xanax because it oh, was, you I, know I what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying yeah. though? I feel like it was, it was a different type. It was, it was clear mental, um, cleanliness or cleansing. Yeah. Like it yeah. felt, it felt good. It didn't feel like I was adding to, or like I was, um, diverting. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was good. That was my pet, my peek and pet, pet and peek. That was really helpful. Yeah. Thanks, Emmy. Well, I just thought like if somebody else is feeling kind of the way I feel like you shouldn't be stressed, why are you so stressed? And then it's like, you know what you are and we're going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So don't ignore it. Right. Don't ignore it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I have seen you actually since we saw each other last week. The wedding. The wedding. I mean, so I got fun. to go to a, to a wedding reception, I guess we that, should say. That open bar killed a lot of people. Uh-huh, Not killed, it sorry. It just... It, yes, nobody actually died. Nobody actually died, but holy cow. Holy cow. I, it, I held it together. Though. I even at one point was like, oh, wow, I need to, <laughs> I need to stop drinking. <laughs> Well, it was fun. And my whole family happened to be there because it was my cousin who got married. And so I was at a wedding with my entire family, which was a blast. And it was, it was was a little bit when you, it was as if I was sort of going back in time when I got there, that I was going back to a time when we had fewer cares than we do now. And yeah, the guilt stuff is real. The guilt stuff is real about should I be wearing a mask? Should I not be wearing a mask? How many of these people are is vaccinated? You know, what's so we, I didn't end up on the dance floor. I wish I had, but I always do like to end up on the dance floor. Yeah. But I'm going to save that maybe for the summer. We'll see. But so really, I mean, I, the, the weekend was really last night, I would say was my peak. Um, my sister is in town and she sort of came to town unexpectedly and I didn't see her for the f- first few days that she was here. And I did, I did see her like a week and a half ago in LA. So I can't really say I haven't seen her, but um, we, she came over yesterday and we, my, and Neely asked her to sit by the pool and go tanning as she says, and, you know, hang out with her. And so then they asked me too, which was really thoughtful. And so we all sat in the backyard and then we, had dinner together and we went to the grocery store and we made kind of just an easy Sunday night dinner. And we all sat at the table. Rosie was with us. Jim was there. The girls sat and talked and talked and talked and told the funniest stories. Yeah. What's the hot goss? Oh, what is the hot gossip? God, you know, what's so funny. I can't even really remember what the hot gossip was. I mean, it was just like, it was the fact that they were there and engaging with us and engaging with Rosie and, you know, they do sit with us at the dinner table every night, but you know, they don't always stay that long. It's usually, you know, they're there for 15 minutes and I've like worked on this dinner for an hour and a half and they're there for 15 minutes and leave. But they stayed for 30 minutes and, you know, they just talked, Gracie talked about her track meet and Neely talked about what was happening at school. And it was, it was so wonderful to like see them. Family night. Yeah, it was a good family night to see them engaging with my sister. The way that they do. She's a great aunt. I mean, she says things she shouldn't. And Neely thinks she's 18 and she's really 40. But um, (laughs) that's okay. Neely thinks that she's going to get Rosie to do things with her that, you know, grownups, you know, that grownups usually say no to. So she's been (laughs) trying to, you know, recruit Rosie into mischief all week. But so I really was so happy. We had brunch with my parents and Rosie and that's always hysterical. 
we did we did dig deep into Uncle Mike, as we say, my sister's new boyfriend in LA. And it was funny. It was funny. So it was really a great weekend. I mean, I think my my pit, here's here's my pit. Oh, I also have to get, I got to have dinner with friends on Friday night. So yeah, at Frida. At Frida. And Jim typically doesn't like a nice restaurant, let's say. I mean, if they don't have tacos or, you know, well, French Frida fries. Does, so. But Frida had chicken tortilla soup and enchiladas. And so he was Happy really happy. But the pit is this, okay? I mean, I have a job that requires me to go to work on Saturdays. Not every Saturday. Yeah. I, mean, I go out of town on some Saturdays. I've got the kids have sports, but recently Saturday has been like the biggest day of the week. Well, and it should be, honestly. It should be. In a normal town, like Saturday in, in would be the biggest day. Traditional retail yes. Saturday is the, biggest, the biggest day. day. So I get up, I exercise, I usually, you know, I had a coffee with a friend, this, I usually have a coffee with a friend, and then I kind of go straight to work, and you'll see me in my workout gear, which I probably, I don't mean to do, but that that's what ends up happening, so I work all day, I mean, it was busy, we were having a trunk show, there were tons of people in and out, I come home, and my house is a disaster, Oh, <laughs> nobody picked up a thing, nobody changed a load of laundry, nobody made a bed, nobody, nobody picked up a backpack, it's basically like, we'll just sit here and wait for mom to come home and do it all. We'll sit around doing nothing all day and mom will clean it up. Don't worry. And it's just, it's just disrespectful. Yeah. And I wish somebody would maybe make a different choice during the day on Saturday so that when I came home, it was maybe, at least somebody was moving towards picking something up would be nice. Yeah. And that is Having children and having and a husband taking pride too, in your who home. doesn't do it either. Well, Jeff and I, Jeff's pretty good. He's his mess is in his closet, and thankfully we don't have a closet together anymore, so I can't see it. But yeah, that's the stuff is the crazy. Dishes, the countertops are sticky. <coughs> the food they've made all day is sitting out. I, it's unbelievable. Nobody's putting away any folded laundry that I did and folded. So that's my that was my pit. Yeah, I I can see that because I'm already, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I do have, I have a a peak coming up. I'm barring any natural disasters. I'm going to New York tomorrow for two nights. It's basically like the same trip I did to LA. I'm doing to New York now with my sister-in-law and some friends. And I'm really looking forward to it. I've made reservations at some of my favorite restaurants. We're going to get to go see go to some museums and go to a lot of art galleries, which I don't typically do. And so it's going to be a whole new experience, a whole new way to see New York. I I don't, I'm going to shop. Yeah, you have to. I'm going to have to, we'll see. I'll do some research. It's a research trip. I love it. So we're, I'm so excited about our next guest. Yes, we had Mickey Ferris on. And as you all know, Catherine is on the board of infant crisis services. I, I'm chairing boots and ball gowns that now has been postponed to 2022. So this is really close to our hearts. Very close. And it's something I think we've talked about, an organization we've talked about on the podcast a yes. lot. But Mickey Ferris is a founder and currently serves as the executive director of Infant Crisis Services. 37 years ago, Mickey and her Sunday school class at Westminster Presbyterian Church needed a service project and decided they wanted to make a difference in their community. Little did Mickey know that her childhood and early adult life would inform her passion to help mothers, fathers, and babies in crisis as a career. Infant Crisis Services' mission is to provide life-sustaining food, formula, and diapers to infants and toddlers in crisis. The organization is entirely privately funded and hosts 
several events throughout the year to supplement individual and corporate donors and foundation grants. Their biggest event of the year, Boots and Ball Gowns, which many of you may have attended, gets voted one of the best nonprofit events in Oklahoma City year after year. Mickey is an Oklahoma State University graduate, sustainer in the Junior League of Oklahoma City, board member and past president of the Alumni Board of Leadership OKC, member of the Kiwanis Club of Oklahoma City, member of Kappa Kappa Gamma Alumni, and an active member of the United Methodist Church of the Servant. She is married to Jim Ferris and has three daughters and one son, Jacqueline, Abby, Allie, and Josh. And I know she has lots of grandchildren too. So Mickey, welcome to Action City. Catherine, I am so excited to talk about our friends, Leah Strickland and Whitney Moss of Leah and Whitney Real Estate. They have coined the term hashtag power of two, which means when you're working with them, you get double the expertise, double the brain power, and double the hustle. They build a network of buyers and sellers in every neighborhood, but they specialize in Quell Creek, Nichols Hills, Lakehurst, Belle Isle, and the village. They have a combined 18 years of experience. And because of the hashtag power of two, there's an increased availability of showings, offers, and two professional opinions while negotiating. In addition, Leah and Winnie own their own brokerage, which allows them to put the client before the bottom line. They intentionally maintain a close-knit and well-connected team, which allows them to tailor their approach to meet the client's individual needs and goals. Lee and Whitney provide creative solutions for their clients because you're working directly with the decision makers. And now let's talk about their clients. They consider all of their clients to be friends, and they do an amazing job of listening to their hopes, dreams, and fears. Their goal is to make the real estate transaction as smooth as possible. Leah and Whitney have a strong industry network to call upon when searching for the right fit for a client, especially in markets where inventory is low. They have been known to reach out to homeowners directly, even if that homeowner hasn't indicated a desire to move. So even if your dream home isn't on the market, Leah and Whitney will deliver. They have no fear. If you're interested in buying or selling a home, please reach out to them. You can email them at team at leahandwhitney.com. Their website is leahandwhitney.com. That's L-E-A-H-A-N-D-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y.com. Or you can follow them on Instagram at Leah and Whitney Realtors or on Facebook, simply Leah and Whitney. Thank you and Leah and Whitney for being a sponsor. Now back to the podcast. Mickey, it's so wonderful to see your face. I've really only seen it on Zoom. I think for the past year and now I get to see you in real life because we're all vaccinated. Emmy and I are so excited to have you here. You've been on our list since the very beginning and we obviously love you and love what you do. And we're so excited to get to hear your story. Glad to be here. So Emmy always likes to start and she, she really likes to get to the nitty nitty gritty from the beginning. Don't you? Are you from here from Oklahoma city? Yes. Originally from Oklahoma city. So where, which schools did you attend? Went to um, Dewey Elementary, which is over on the northeast side of town because my grandparents lived um, off of Lincoln and Northeast 28th okay. when I was growing up. And then I went to Kaiser Elementary for a year before my mom remarried. My sister was nine when I was born, and so she is. Uh, she was seven when I was born, so she's seven years older than I am. Um, she uh, and my my dad and my mom were divorced by the time I was two, though, and so I 
never, he never really came back um, to Oklahoma City. I think when I was five and when I was 18, I saw him twice. And I am kind of the Shrek of the family. I'm a large person amongst a lot of short people that oh are tiny. Gosh. I've never thought of you as being a large I was, person among short people. I, well, if you saw the rest of my family. So I always wondered, you know, was I really a part of this family? Now that I'm getting older, I definitely see my mother's face in mine. But um, so I was, I would go to the grocery store just down the, down the way from where we lived. And I'd ask the butcher, are you my dad? And I'd ask the clerk, are you my dad? Because I wanted to put some skin to, mm-hmm. to my dad. And my mom would go, please quit asking people if they're your dad, because I know your dad. And you're, you're, that's neither one of those are your dad. And I'm like, but I, I, I think that was just my effort to try to, to put some skin um, on my dad. My mom got remarried when I was 10. And so my stepdad adopted me. So I got my dad and my, and my grandfather served as my, my, my dad as well. Um, he tried to step in whenever he could, whenever dads were supposed to accompany you to school. My granddad went with me until my mom remarried. We moved to Wichita. We always had beater cars because my mom really didn't have a very good job. So, I mean, we always had a car that we hoped would, would start in the morning. So when my, my stepdad married my mom, um, we had a brand new car. It was an Impala. It was gold. It was oh my gosh. a two-door, not even a four-door, oh, that's... which was kind of sporty. So for once, I knew the car was going to start every single time. And we lived in an apartment in Wichita. My, my dad was a salesman for a railroad, um, the Denver and Rio Grande Western Railroad. So he sold space on, on freight. For freight, mm-hmm. that's and, a job I've never thought about. Right, it that's was, a whole other subject. But now in yeah. my head, I'm like, everything's a job. Well, exactly. with my dad being a trucker, oh, trains right. are like they were the enemy, kind of, or yes. not the enemy, but the competition. that was the competition, right? So my cousin works for BNSF in Fort Worth, so we always joke that he works for the enemy. <laughs> um, also, I think in trucking, though, everybody's an enemy. The oil industry was the enemy. Yeah. The, you know, like it was just growing up. But that's interesting. So, so okay, so so he. Um, and, and my mom and he, uh, so we lived in this apartment. We lived on the third floor of an apartment. And I really thought that the pool that I could see from my balcony was my pool because not very many people were ever in it because there weren't a whole lot of kids in this apartment complex. So I really thought, and I have my own bedroom because I always slept with my mom in whatever bedroom we were in because my sister was seven years older and needed her own bedroom. Um, we had one um we had a, a swamp cooler, which was a water cooler in the bedroom. So you had to, have, that was never hardly ever working. So we all slept at some point in the summer in the dining room where the only window unit was um, in our house because we could be cool. We slept on a mattress in the dining room um, all summer long, every summer, because that's the way we stayed cool. So I kind of, as a child, saw my mother really struggle. And um, it was hard to watch her struggle. And my grandparents were helpful, um, but they didn't have much either. And so did I your really, mom, did she work? She was a PBX operator. So is that like the telephone thing yeah. where you stick the things yeah. in? Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh-huh. what she did. Because they got married so early, she didn't really get her education. And so, you know, she, the job that she could, could get was one that required that particular skill. She had that particular skill and she, she liked it, but she didn't love it. And it was not very close to where we lived. And so we lived on Northwest 28th. My grandmother lived on Northeast 28th. So my mother would drive one of our beater cars like a bat out of, you know, where, um, (laughs) to get me from our house to my grandmother's house to drop me off. And she would literally 
honestly just kind of pushed me out of the car so she could <laughs> get to work. But there, there would be my grandmother, you know, waiting for me. Um, so the layer of a grandparent is it's really important. important to me, too, mm-hmm. because it's a different kind of love and care than you get, you know, from your parents who love you very much. But that was my grandmother's my spiritual um, mentor, too. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really love my grandparents. Um, they're both gone, of course. And then my so are my mom and stepdad and my my biological dad. So um, anyway, that all um, kind of brought me to a point of knowing I did not want to live in a small house with one air conditioner. I mean, I so in college, I um, interviewed dates. But obviously, education <laughs> was important because you ended up graduating and going to college. It was important to my stepfather because okay. he wanted to make sure that I got to college. Um, nobody in my family had graduated at that point in time. No female had, for sure. Um, Your sister hadn't gone she, to college? No, she she went to cosmetology school. So... Um, it wasn't that it wasn't important, but it really wasn't something that they just said, you've got to go to college. But my stepdad said, I really want you to go to college because it'll improve a lot of chances for you career wise. So in your mind, you're seeing your mother struggle. You kind of see sort of a white knight come in and help. Mm-hmm. So are you thinking I need to get married? I need to marry. Is that why you were interviewing dates? Like I need to make sure that I pick a partner who can support. Yes, ma'am. Okay. That's- that that was the interview process for me. And my interviewee was the final interviewee that I married was he, he had all of my check marks. He was successful. He was from a very nice family. He, you know, um, all of the things, but by, he older than you are, he's a year older okay, than so me. Not much older. Yeah. He, he and I met on a blind date. My best friend who just recently passed away introduced us. That was, but it was a blind date that at um, OSU in college. Well, he was, he was going to OU and I was still at OSU. Okay. So, um, but we dated six months before we got engaged and then we were married a year after and it lasted for 11 years. And, um, I was divorced by the age of 33 with two little girls. Um, basically a lot like my mom. She stayed married 11 years and she was divorced pretty young with two young girls was that hard to get to the admit that you were going to need to get divorced too what was Mm -hmm. or did it at the time you just said this has to be done I mean what was the no I mean it wasn't anything I really wanted but because that was I mean that was what I was interviewing for I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that I had a good solid husband who was going to love me forever and I mean it just didn't work out that way Mm -hmm. and so um I'm I'm grateful, though, because that made me who I am today. Um, And so I'm grateful for that. Um, And I married and have been married for 26 years last week. Uh, To the cutest man ever. Very wonderful guy (laughs) who and we've we've blended our families and it's and it's all worked out. But what this has given me perspective wise is um, I know what it feels like as a child. And I know what it feels like as a parent to have those fears that you can't you won't have enough or you can't give enough. And so I'm driven by that knowledge and that experience to make sure that that we ease that for anybody else that we can. So providing food formula and diapers, the basic necessities for these families is just something that I, I, I hope it, I wish we didn't have to have infant crisis services because I wish everybody had enough, but we know that, that that's not reality. And so I want to be there for moms and 
dads and grandparents and caregivers who can't provide for their their small ones. So what was that like being 33 with two small children and being single? It was pretty scary. You know, I did have an education. Right. And I got a job pretty quickly um, from a friend who was a physician um, who gave me a chance at being a um, office manager with really no office manager experience. Dr. Clements. She's a, a oh. dermatologist. Oh, uh-huh. no way. Yeah. Oh, I love Dr. Clements. I did too. And her and Richard were so supportive to me. I mean, it was just they knew I was struggling and they would always make sure that, you know, we, we were all fine. But um, Wait, I big shout out to Dr. Clements, though. She is like the best dermatologist. She is. And I learned a lot working there. It's a piece I didn't have too. So I think God really knew what I didn't have to go to infant crisis services because I'd I'd worked at a bank. You know, I'd done management training at First National Bank. I'd I'd worked at different places, but I didn't have an, any administration under my belt really, and that gave me administration because I was managing their office and um, yeah, and what did you just figure it out on the fly were you like or was there anyone there to train you I had some training okay. um, she uh, she was also Dr. Corneliusen was was one of her people as well that she that she kind of was her mentor and um, he had people that worked for him that could kind of help train me so but it you know I worked there I think two years and then the job at Infant Crisis Services had been filled by a part-time person who was going to seminary and she completed her seminary courses and I interviewed for the job in 1992 and I didn't get it. You didn't get it? I did not get it. There was another person hired that was a missionary and she had also had, she also had her MSW so they felt by experience and by education she was a better fit than me and I was floored because I knew that that was going to be my job because I helped start the organization, you know. Wait, I am blown away right now that you helped start an organization that then you couldn't be employed by. That's what happened. So, oh my gosh. I was like, okay, then there that that must not that wasn't supposed to be. So, I'll I'll continue working for Dr. Clements and um it was a good job and so um the person was there for 2 weeks. She did not want to raise funds. Oh, that yes, was a problem for her. And they, and they said, didn't ask about that in the interview process, I guess. I don't know. It just, um, and I later found out, and then the executive director um, and I became friends, closer friends after she left. And she said, you know, part of that was me because I felt like you were going to come back in and show me up somehow. And um, she, I mean, that was a big step for her to say part of, Mm -hmm. part of that reason was me. But I said, you know what, it worked out like it was supposed to, because when she could not help them raise funds, they said, well, that probably isn't going to work because this job consists of fundraising. So they called me and asked me if I'd like the job. And I said, "Mm, no, I don't think Mm -hmm. so. I think you hired somebody else. And so (laughs) you'll have to figure out something here. But then I got on my knees because I knew that this was something I really wanted to do and I could do. And I would, it was a passion for me. Um, one thing I was able to do after my divorce was, um, and my ex paid for this, so I will credit him on that. Um, I went to a thing called Pathways in in Dallas, Texas. It was Dr. Phil and Wait, his dad. Really, Dr. Phil? Dr. Phil yeah. and his dad I didn't. were um, part of it. And it was like an intensive therapy session, basically, over a course of about two or three months. And um, the one thing I got out of that, the whole thing was follow your passion follow your passion do what you think what you're passionate about because then it isn't work it's it's joy and that was absolutely 
That's absolutely the truth. I mean, it's the time has flown. I was 27 when when I helped start this and I'm 64. And so all those years, the time has flown. And you've been a big part of oh this. Oh my gosh. I mean, if I probably, you're right, probably 15, 15 years. years. Um, and um, you've seen it grow and you've helped it grow. Um, you've seen it improve. And, and Emmy's been a part of it. She's been a big fundraiser for us and um, which is not true i think i just <laughs> i surround myself with people who can fundraise is well that i'm not the best at it personally but thank you well you can that. plan a party for sure i, I that is the best do. at that <laughs> so funny so, well, well so yeah i was gonna say okay so at 27 you help you start ics in westminster church so between there and 33, you get divorced, all of this stuff. But why were you never hired onto the organization? They, um, I didn't want to be hired for that part-time position. I don't know why. I just, I think I wanted to be a mom because yeah. that's what I was doing at that point in time. Um, but when it came open again, and I'd already been down to Pathways and t- heard Dr. Phil's you know, follow your passion. I was like, that's my passion. I'm going to follow it. And then I didn't get hired until two weeks later. But it is true. If you follow your passion, it's not a day of work. It really isn't. It's a day of just, I just count it such a blessing that I can do what I do. Yeah. Because I love, I love babies. I love people who who are struggling because I struggled too. So it makes me feel like I'm paying back um, what others did for me. And um, this year has been a challenge, a big challenge um, because of COVID. Lots more people coming to see us. I I was going to say the numbers have probably increased a lot. About 40%. Wow. We served 25,000 babies um, this last year. In the previous three years, we'd, we'd served about 18 to 19,000. Oh my gosh. So it was pretty, um, pretty large jump. And there were, we couldn't serve them in the same way that we served them before. So we didn't have enough, we didn't have as many hours in the day, let's say to serve the number of babies that we served. So we took our baby mobiles of which there's two baby mobiles that go to 18 different counties. They were off the road from March to May because we couldn't figure out how to, how to, safely serve on the baby mobiles they are back out there though going full force we're still doing drive-through because we can serve more babies on the drive-through process Mm -hmm. so they call in tell us what their situation is give us the order we fill the order and when they drive through we put it out on a table and they take it we don't like this way of delivering the service because a lot of things are lost but it is the best way we can do it for now and so we're going to continue until they're there comes a time that we feel like we can get people back in the building safely and socially distance and serve the number of people that we're, that we're serving. Yeah. So we're we're at 37 years Mm -hmm. of really in April is April or June, June's our anniversary. So 37 years. One of the things that I've always really loved about immigrant crisis is that we stay true to our mission. We don't deviate. We don't get, sidetracked by fancy flashy new things how have you done that i mean how in 37 years have you had the resolve to know that just staying true to your mission was going to work i don't know i mean i really don't know i don't know how i think it's i i can't give myself credit for much of anything i've had good boards i've had good staff i've had good you know people that were just there along the way saying you know don't 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 
water down your mission because you're good at what you do. And I think a lot of missions get watered down trying to save everything or everyone. And I, you, you can't. You can be really good at what you do. Some do it. I mean, there are several organizations that do a good job of doing more than one thing. They'll help seniors and they'll help, you know, children in foster care. Um, but I think that we've been successful because we've really stuck to to our mission. We do things that are kind of wraparound services. So car seats are a wraparound. Um, it's not our mission to give car seats, but because we're trained to do that and we can do that, we, we are doing that. We're not doing it like we did pre-COVID because um, we can't we can't get in their cars right now. But we we're with Safe Kids Coalition. We're doing um, every couple of every couple of weeks. We're helping to install some car seats with them coming to our organization and teaching families how to install their car seats. Um, we also do. Safe sleep, which we have not been able to do because there is some training with that, which we give pack and plays to babies six months and younger because if they don't have a place, safe place to sleep because SIDS, um, the sudden infant death syndrome is really prevalent in the first six months of life, particularly with co-sleeping families um, that that are maybe not wanting to be co-sleeping, but that's that's, that's the way mm-hmm, that they're having yeah. having to um, to do it. So. We we stretch here and there, but really have only really continued to do food formula and diapers. Um, we've been able to do fresh food. Um, we had to cease that last year, but the USDA through the food bank has helped us to have fresh foods. Even though we couldn't have it in our own budget, we were able to do it through the food bank's um, donations through USDA. So the families love that. And we're really anxious. That's probably the first thing we want to replace when we can. Uh, We've had a really tight budget last year and a really tight budget this year. And by fabulous givers in our community, um, we were able to finish the year um, very close to our goal. Um, And so we, we had no idea we would get anywhere near our goal because of what, what's happened in, in the fundraising realm yeah, of things. Yeah, we did get to have the big party. Mm-hmm. The big party. <laughs> we skipped it. We did, which I, you know, obviously was so sad about, but I'm also so incredibly grateful that that money was still raised. I mean, it's it's kind of, it is wild when you think about that, that that money was able to be raised without, you know, having to do all of that. It is. And I've got a great development team. I'm yeah. very, very fortunate because they stayed right on top of everything. Even though a lot of things went virtual, they said, well, we're going to have to do it differently. So we're going to have to, you know, we're, we'll, we'll shift, we'll pivot. And we, we did. And, and we, we would have, we would have definitely gone over our goal if we would have been able to have our PPP loan forgiven. It's not been forgiven yet. Oh, okay. So, um, that, I think it most likely will be forgiven just on yes, that everybody on else's experience so on mm-hmm. other or, you know, with other organizations, mm-hmm. I, I think it should be. I'm hoping it's not alone. I do think though. I mean, so I've been involved for 15 years. And if I think about the, the years where something unusual happened, the tornadoes, um, I mean, the oil and gas industry, I mean, there, you know, every two or three years, there's yeah. something really drastic that happens that, that hurts or that could potentially hurt fundraising and that increases the need from the client side. I I really was thinking about all those times leading up to this really prepared us. You're absolutely right. To know at least how to put one foot in front of the other and to know that it was going to be okay. But if I really think about the more tornadoes, 
We didn't know, not know what we were doing. We didn't know (laughs) what we were doing. We didn't know how we were going to deliver the services. We were down there the next day. We didn't know if anyone was going to continue to give. And there is something sort of magical about the way, the way it happens. I mean, we were prepared. I mean, even though it was scary, I think we were prepared for this year. You know, we say we were kind of created for a time like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I really dr- truly believe that because, and, and like you said, there's lessons along the way. We really did not know what we were doing. There were so many people calling after the uh, May tornado. I think it was May 13th. It was May. May mm-hmm. 13th, the tornado. Um, and nobody was accepting in-kind goods. And that's what people were wanting to give right. was a lot of in-kind. And we were saying, okay, we'll take it. And so we got so much in-kind, but that then began, became a problem because we didn't have enough space to store it because we didn't have our big that. storage um, area at that point in time. But it all worked out and um, it taught us a lot about how to communicate, how to not go crazy at the beginning and just kind of settle in. We also had a flu protocol that we knew when the H1N1 yes, um, happened. Okay, yeah. We had a protocol of closing the place down to internal, you know, people coming into the building, going through drive through We'd already kind of developed this plan. Um, we never really had to put it into place um, during the, that particular flu season, but we had it so we could pull it out of our back pocket. And we would then two days um, of, well, I think the basketball game that kind of closed the city yes, down. I was there. Okay. Emmy's on TV, by the way. Okay. If you watch There's all that footage clip. on TV, it's yeah, Emmy going it's up the stairs. So well, I mean, we're di- diverging or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so there was this clip. Jeff saw the camera. So he purposely made this like super sad face, I guess. I was behind him. I didn't see the camera. But they used this clip on like CNN and ESPN. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when they were talking about the NBA shutting down, it was Jeff's face. Are you oh, wearing a funny. bright yellow yes. shirt? She's wearing a bright yellow shirt going up the stairs yeah it's so funny <laughs> well, I mean it was yeah it was a weird experience even being there because all of the sudden but I could see I mean Oklahoma so to sit like it's so small that I could see kind of owners wives and people I knew were very important and then they were still in their seats and I was like when they disappear we've got to go yes um, <laughs> watch the wives <laughs> exactly um, but yeah it was weird we all left at the same time because I truly think nobody knew what was happening Yes, I, I we'd heard a little bit about yeah, it, but, but once, it was not in our back door. Yeah, I think, so, did you guys close the next day? I can't remember. We actually only closed for a two day period over the whole COVID experience. We were very reduced staff for a long time, and then on the AB schedule for a long time, and now we're we're back in there, all all of us, but still social distancing with masks. Um, yeah, you guys have been really good about that. Yeah, you know, no congregate eating anymore. We do. St- all use the same kitchen, but we're really careful about, um, you know, we're just really still very careful about what we're doing. And so, um, because we wanted to remain open and if this is what it takes to remain open, we're going to continue to do it as long as we need to do it. But it is, um, I think it was within two days that we had gone, we went to that drive through method after that basketball game because we had that protocol in place and we could easily do that. So that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, and I love it too, because I feel like I see us, you guys have these amazing large events, but I've had a lot of friends who for their baby shower, it's bring diapers and we all take them to ICS or my gender reveal. I did a box for a girl and a box for a boy and you could put a dollar or how somebody put it in like a 20, but that, and then we donated all the cash to ICS. So I feel like I, if oh, people, that's such a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So that's the best gender reveal I've heard. 
Oh, well, I mean, it was still stupid. We did the baseball, but you know what I mean? But, but I mean, you added some <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, I feel like if somebody is looking for a way to fundraise, it doesn't have to be coming to Boots or, I mean, obviously we'd love to have you, but you can, and since volunteering is kind of, you know, off the table at the moment, there are fun ways that you can donate. And I think it's, fun. I mean, I'm in the age where a lot of my friends are having babies. So it's easy to kind of, you know, at a birthday party or at a baby shower, or at a gender reveal, kind of add in that extra layer. But that would be kind of my advice if anybody's wanting to figure out a way to sort of fundraise right now. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's great. And diapers are about the best thing you can give us because, um, or money, of course. Yeah, I love right. the fact that you did that. <laughs> but um, diapers, really, you can't get a wrong size diaper or a bad diaper. I mean, yeah. sometimes the formula, they want a specific kind of formula. Um, and um, Catherine has worked on the in-kind committee for years and made us a better better organization because of that. And we get a lot of in-kind donations, which means the diapers themselves, clothing, the formula itself. But it accounts for about $800,000 of our budget. So it's really, really important. So if people do want to donate, gently use clothing. Um, yeah, I've donated some of Huffman's clothing that either he didn't wear or he wore it once. Or those silly outfits that you buy for all the holidays. It's just like, donate them. I they, mean, they love it. I mean, the families love it. And we're they're not able to shop like they used to, but we are putting outfits together for them oh, in nice. their children's sizes and giving them, if they if they want the clothing, we give the clothing to them. So, or I remember one time I cleaned out all of Huffman's old diaper bags when we potty trained and I found all these random sizes, like ones, twos, threes. I was like, what do I do with all these? I just put them in a grocery bag and gave them to Jillian. Absolutely. One of the who works at ICS. <laughs> and so it doesn't matter if they're, I mean, obviously in good shape, you want, but if they're just single diapers, because right. they repackage them anyway. Correct. So you don't have to give them a fresh box it can be random the only thing we don't really take is um equipment so we don't take um used car seats uh strollers no strollers strollers. and anything because a lot of those have been recalled yeah if they are donated we give them to a partner um and usually we can't take baby beds so um it's a law that you can't accept baby beds and thank you i remember when i was pregnant with huffman you ran into my dad at a party and they wanted to use my crib for when i was a baby (laughs) and mickey was like absolutely not those it was one of the ones with the death side i I know i don't know if that's the right way to say but that's what i call it but she was like absolutely not the rungs are too big those have all been recalled (laughs) so you can't use your old old one you know go 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 to target go to walmart i mean they're they're affordable they're much more affordable probably yeah we bought them but um yes they are they you know, I've got one that's barely been used because my grandkids, they, they didn't sleep in it much, but I can't donate it. I'm going to have to give it to somebody who, you know, maybe because I know all about it right. and I know it's okay. Um, or I'm going to just have to put it in the trash because you can't, you can't, you can't give them Goodwill won't sell them. They, it's a law. Um, so because we don't know when it was made, is it legal which is why I think it's so wonderful that we're going to do the safe sleep program where we can get brand new pack and plays mm-hmm. because you can, can you take a pack and play that's in a box that somebody purchased that's taped up that clearly was mm-hmm. okay. But not one that's been used, not one that's been mm-hmm. used. But also the other thing that I think we've been working on over the past few years is 
you can ship things straight from Amazon. So a lot of our marketing materials have a QR code on it. I don't know if the QR code's on the website, but there's a link on the website where you can, Mm -hmm. you're already ordering something from Amazon. You ship it straight from Amazon. And then I know on my Amazon account, I use the smile smile. Mm -hmm. So my Amazon account automatically goes, it's like www.smile.amazon.com. And I have infant crisis selected as my, um, as my charity of choice. Mm -hmm. And so a, teeny tiny piece of whatever I buy at Amazon, they get a check from Amazon if you do. Yes. Oh, that's if awesome. If you just set your browser to smile. Right. It, and it Amazon. adds up. We get we get checks fairly often from them. And since every, are, I do everything on Amazon, since now my children are now ordering on Amazon without even asking and food is showing up. <laughs> Wait, food? Yes, yeah, snacks that I won't buy them at the grocery store now show up in Amazon boxes. No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now <laughs> I, this go. morning I was trying to devise a new plan. I'm like, am I changing my password? What am I going to do? I don't need like candy. I mean, like the most random candies from all over the world show up. Why don't you just tell them to ask you? Well, I mean, is that not, I can't wait. Is that the worst parenting question? I, no, I can't wait till you have a 15 year old. I was going to say, I don't even know what they'll be doing if your kids are ordering stuff on Amazon. That's so uh, terrifying. It's craziness. It's craziness. Oh gosh. Like all we had to worry about was like, oh, if we bought something on the Sims, remember that? Never mind. Sims. I digress. You do digress. I don't, we'll have to discuss that later. Okay, so one of the things, one of the other things that I always love to talk about when I'm out in the community talking about infant crisis, I love that in 37 years, we've really taken no, no government funding, mm-hmm. no United Way funding, that we are 100% privately funded by mostly donors from Oklahoma. I mean, I know we get grants from mm-hmm. organizations outside of Oklahoma, but I mean, Oklahoma has what, 10,000 registered nonprofits, maybe more per capita yes. than any other state in the country. Do we really? Yes. I mean, I, I think th- it's 17,000. 17,000. And then about 7,000 are right here in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. So, whoa, I, mean, I had no idea. There's a lot of competition. I mean, obviously, we. It's a, such a wonderful and well-run organization. Infant Crisis is really run like a business, which I have always appreciated. But it's all privately funded by the citizens of Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. It and, is, and and it has been from the very beginning, like you said. And and I think people, if you don't know about Infant Crisis Services, you, you I don't know. A lot of people go, "Oh my goodness, you're you're you've got such a nice facility, and you're you're so you know everything is seems so organized and all of that." I think that a lot of times. And we haven't always been that way, but I think, like you said, we run it like a business. And I think the the Donald W. Reynolds Foundation, who helped us to 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 be where we are today because of their donations uh, for a new building and um, our baby mobiles, and well, one of our baby mobiles and our um, expansion. I mean, the- our expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, that that they said you've got to act like a business, and you you need to be. You need to be doing things that uh, businesses do, um, corporations do, and but keeping our core values at the center of that. So kindness, respect, compassion, and love are still at the center of it. But we are uh, we do what's right. We do it. We do audits every year. We you know we're squeaky clean. We have a four star charity navigator. which is a watchdog for nonprofits. We've had their four-star uh, rating for 15 years. Wow. You can see all of our financials at the Oklahoma City Community Foundation yes. website mm-hmm. and at the uh, Charity Navigator. Charity Nav- Navigator. Mm-hmm. It's 
I mean, I think we, that's the other thing when I'm telling, we use people's money wisely. We do. But but we, we use it obviously for services, but we also use it to continue to operate the organization at the level that we do. For example, having a plan for a flu, yeah. a, fl- a flu that maybe never came, but now you're prepared and you only have to close down for two days. I and mean, I don't think there are that many nonprofits that are probably that well-organized or well-prepared. Well, thank you. Um, and it's, you know, I think the more mature you are as an organization, the more skills you have gathered over yes. the years. I mean, so, did, so. This didn't happen immediately. It right. happened over 37 years of Well, I think it helps too that your staff is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I oh, mean, honestly, the they have, you have the best staff. Well, and we lost seven staff members during COVID did to you various really? different, um, and we really only replaced one. I mean, we really didn't replace them because we thought, well, maybe we need to look at how we're going to do things. Are we going to keep doing them the same way? Are we going to do them differently? And so um, we've looked at some of the things we've learned through this, we're probably going to keep in place. And some of the things we'll hopefully get back, like the fresh foods we want to, we want to do that. We, our outreach coordinator moved to another position in our organization because there was really no outreach going on. And at some point we're going to need to add that back in, but, but we didn't just go right away and say, okay, we want to replace that because we knew that last year and this year are probably going to be tough years. Probably this year, last year, everybody was thinking along the lines of what can we do to help? What can we, what can we do to help people? And this year we're kind of tired of COVID. We're fatigued. Right. Um, And so our fiscal year started April 1. So we're just 25 days into our fiscal year. Um, And we start from zero again to raise the funds. Uh, so we really didn't raise our um, budget much. I mean, the amount in our budget very much. We kept it almost flat, a little uh-huh. bit up, right? Yeah. Right. So it'll be a, it'll, it'll be another year. I always say to people that it's kind of like pushing an elephant up a hill um, just <laughs> every year. And this time the elephant weighed a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, we got the elephant up the hill. It was hill. a pregnant elephant. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it's, you know, God has never failed ever. Um, and I think, you know, we're doing what we should be doing for the least, the last and the littlest in the community. And I think as long as we keep doing it and doing it, doing what we should do, doing everything right, that, um, that we'll be around for a long time. Yeah. Have you, um, so when I, you know, when we had our boots meetings in person, you would always kind of start the meeting off by telling us a story of like a recent client. Do you have any good recent client stories? I do. And I, I, I I don't want to cry on, but I might. Okay. That always make me this, this one, um, actually, we're doing a, a virtual campaign right now called Help Another Mother. It starts today. And so if you have a chance, look at the video because there is a mom of triplets. Oh, no. I, the videos get me yeah. real bad. This one is really, really good. It's the, this is it's called Help Another Mother. So, you know, we're all mothers sitting around mm-hmm. this table. I'm a grandma. You guys aren't yet. Um we 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 know you heard my story we didn't always have excessive amounts of what we needed but we always had what we needed but there are lots of families struggling right now that don't have enough and this mom um really personifies that pregnant i think she was in her i think she said she was 21 you'll have to look at the video to get yeah. exactly but pregnant found out she was pregnant with triplets dad really wasn't much in the picture and so she was like when they did her ultrasound shit they go there's there's one 
there's two, there's three. And they were born early. Um, so some of them definitely are going to, are developmentally challenged uh, right now. And so um, it's just a story of what a surprise. And then the lives, she wanted these lives. She's, she kept these babies, but um, it was a real struggle. And, and it still is a struggle for her. They're, they're three now and they are darling. I mean, we have mm. lots of different, I can't remember all their names, but it's just, um, it's not just financial resources that our families lack. They right. lack emotional resources. Sometimes they lack spiritual resources. They lack financial resources. And when you put all those not enough ofs together, it, it becomes, you know, more than just the fact that they don't have enough money um, right. to provide for their little ones. And so she really said that we were a place, a safe place for her, a place that she could count on for feeding her little girls. They're all three little, little girls. And I think two or she, she had a really, un, I don't know exactly what it's called, but two are identical. And then one wasn't in the sack with the other two. So um, I don't know what that's called. I don't medically, but um, anyway, I want to say I fraternal, but I don't know if that's the right word. Well, it sounds like two are identical and one, one is fraternal. Fraternal. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. So um, that starts today. So I'm going to give a little plug. Um, and you can go to infantcrisis.org. Yes. org slash help another mother. And it's also going to be on social media, but uh, we, we will be running it from now until Mother's Day. Uh, our goal is $25,000, and we have a $5,000 match already from Devon Lube Industries. Um, we are going to have a raffle. Lewis Jewelers has donated um, diamond earrings. Oh, Emmy, we better get our names in the New raffle. Leaf Floral has donated uh, a m- every month uh, uh, arrangement. An arrangement? Oh, that would be nice. So for every $100 oh. that you give, you get um, a chance to win those two items. I mean, they're, they're going together. So for every 100, let's say you donated 1,000, then you would get 10, 10 tickets. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So. Well, and I think too, for Mother's Day, I mean, this is something you can ask for from your husband. Yes. <laughs> like, actually, what, exactly, and, what else do I need? I don't yeah. need anything. Well, I, I mean, like I'm the like day always off, kind of grasping yeah. at straws. I'm like, they say, what do you want for Mother's Day? I'm like, I don't I mean, do I really need you know, make a donation yeah. for another mother. Mm-hmm. Um, also, New Leaf is, also has an arrangement that if you purchase that particular arrangement, I think there's two of them, they'll give a portion of the proceeds from that arrangement. Um, they wanted to partner with us this That's year. So really nice. They're in Cassidy Square. In Cassidy do they have Square. a second location? Or yes. Yeah. It's on, on May. 26th and May. May. 26th mm-hmm. and May. It's across Cassidy from Square. Taft Stadium. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Kind of a They're, warehouse for them. It's it's really cool, actually. That's where it's, you see all the good mm-hmm. stuff? Yep. That's where a lot of their props that they've done for big events are. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So um, all dollars raised will support our mission to provide food formula and diapers. So this is replacing uh, the triple crown, triple crown tea, tea. Um, okay. that we've had um, in the past, um, kind of around the Kentucky Derby and the other, the Belmont and the the third one, the t- whatever the other oh, crown is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, and we think it's going, it fits for this year particularly because we need to do it in a virtual online yes. way. And so we hope that we are, we'll make our goal for this. I hope so too. I hope so too. I mean, we'll put a link on our, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll do that. We'll put the link on our Instagram. Yep. Don't go to our webpage yet. It's in, it's, it's not, it needs some yeah, updating. We need, we need to give it some love. <laughs> well, the so Emmy and I started this podcast because we love Oklahoma City and mm-hmm. we we want to tell stories about Oklahoma City and about the people that have made Oklahoma City a really wonderful place to be. And 
in having been on the board for such a long time, I know that we have searched sort of the country over for similar organizations to Infant Crisis. And there there are organizations, we, we model it after an organization in Tulsa called Emergency Infant Services, right? Yes. And, but if you really look around the country, there's there's nobody else that does what we do exactly the way we do it. I right. mean, there's baby to baby in LA, but people, I think from around the country, look to us as the or looked at for crisis as the expert, right? I mean, that's pretty, pretty much because we unbelievable. We're, we're kind of in terms of emergency event services and, and us serve about the same amount of babies, but we do it differently. Um, but we, we've even compared it where, we, you know, we've asked them what they do and we've, we've got a document that compares all of it. Um, but it's, um, we're still helping babies with food formula and diapers, the basic necessities of life. And they do, they have a little bit more of an emphasis on clothing than we do. Um, clothing is kind of a secondary for us, but um, because we want to make sure that they have the basic necessities. Um, but um, yes, you're right. There's really not very many organizations like ours. And we're, we're, if there are, we're all grassroots. We're not connected. We're not like make a wish who has yeah. national mm-hmm. um, organization, you know, Play, make a wishes in every state, but we, we are, um, we're kind of unique and we're unique in Oklahoma for sure. Uh, other than well, central Oklahoma, because Tulsa is where um, emergency infant services is, but that's why we did the concept of the baby mobiles because we knew that these rural sites that we go to, we're going to need our services because there's not very many resources. So when we go to Ardmore, Lawton, Weatherford, We'll see 150 babies in the four in or five day. hours that we're there. Yes. Oh my gosh. And we're doing those longer uh, ADA as well. We're the lo- further out we go, um, the more babies we we'll see. go quarterly so that they can have their four visits per year. So uh, we just added Blackwell. So that's as far north as we're going. Seminole probably is as far east, and uh, Weatherford is as far west, and ADA probably would be as far south as we go. Well, wow. on that note with the four visits a year, that's the other thing that happened right before COVID. So we had worked for two years to figure out how to deliver more food formula and diapers to to babies and toddlers. And so it was in January of 2020. Yes, ma'am. In January of 2020, yeah, we, went, we went live with, we, we previously had done five visits in zero to 48 months and you would get a week's worth of food formula and diapers and you could come anytime in those, in those 48 months. We switched in January to four times a year for four years. So from five visits to 16 visits right before a pandemic. Absolutely. And and really during the pandemic, we didn't keep it to four most just, of the time. We just, we just said whatever they needed. Yeah. And, um, and this year we've gone back to four visits because there are other resources. But right off the bat, people couldn't get the formula. So our first wave well, of people. I had friends hoarding formula. Yes. Because at the time I was breastfeeding. Oh. And people were so, I mean, when like they were hoarding toilet paper, Mm -hmm. they were. So people Mm -hmm. on WIC who they could only purchase certain types of formula and the stores were sold out. The stores were sold out because people who could buy it were buying it. And so that was the first wave of people were people who, and some of them had, some of them just couldn't even go to the grocery store and and get it because people had gone before them and gotten it. Yeah. It was actually like a, a big deal and they wipes were, were that same way too right, yeah i mean it was bad and i'm not saying it was bad in the sense of 
I just knew of people in my situation who were hoarding and mm-hmm. I, and I got it. I was freaked out. I was anxious as a new mom. And, you know, I had friends who couldn't breastfeed and they were scared if they couldn't go to the store, they couldn't feed their children. I mean, when you're a mom, especially a ba- like a new mom, mm-hmm. your anxiety is already mm-hmm. so high. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine being in a desperate situation. I was and, out there on the toilet paper, just like everybody yeah. else. It was like, um, I, I, I need lots of toilet paper for some reason, you know? Um, so, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, so that first round of people were people who couldn't get it from the grocery store. The second round of people that, that we hadn't seen before were people who'd recently been laid off, laid off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's why our numbers really, really climbed because it wasn't the, the normal folks that just, are struggling um, that were on more government assistance, such as the Women and Children Program, and then um, food stamps. This was a whole different new group of people, um, and so we were, we were there. We were happy to be there for them um, as well. And, and that's kind of our numbers are kind of. It's been an ebb and flow, and it's kind of we're it's. It's they're they're not down, but they they've slowed down, which is okay. good. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Well, if you're one of those people that hoarded formula and or wipes and you and it's not expired and you don't need that formula anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, please donate Please it. donate it to Infant Crisis. They Absolutely. Will, they will not judge you for your formula hoarding. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so 10 years from now, where do you see ICS? Where do you see kind of yourself? Maybe Oklahoma City as well. Yeah, I think Oklahoma City is going to just get better and better. Um, yeah. And I think I think if a crisis services will still be around, I don't know if I will be. I ha- I don't have any plans. You'll be around. You I'll might be around. Just not. <laughs> right. But I don't know if I'll be there, but I, I you know I love it so much that um, I don't want to overstay. So I try to really remain current and cool about things and listen to people that are younger than me and I think you're a really good listener you are I was gonna say that earlier I think one of the reasons you're a good leader is because you're a good listener yes I've learned you know you, you got it you got to listen to others and you got it you know it's really easy for a founder to go well we've done it this way all along why don't we just do it this way still and I really have to check myself on that because I've given up a whole lot of control because I've done every job in there but it's better. It's so much better because I've given up control. When Catherine walks in and says, I want a spreadsheet to look like this, <laughs> which she does. I, I, I guarantee that that happens. She <laughs> likes a spreadsheet, but it makes us better. So if you resist that change or that advice or that, um, you know, help, then you really miss the boat. And I think a lot of organizations get stuck because of that. They don't, they're yeah. not willing to listen or be up with the times or, um, and I know how little I know about computers because I didn't grow up with them. And so I listened to my young folks um, on my staff because they, they, they did, they grew up in them and they know what, they know what works and what doesn't work. Or just throwing out the rule book on biz and ball gowns. I know. I mean, I, but I, I don't. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. have to. We, let's do it because it's going to have to be different this year. Yeah. So we are going to do it differently, and um, a lot of people will probably have a few things to say about change, but they always do. It's going to be. Okay. It will be better. It will be better this year, and maybe we can return to big boots and ball gowns again. I don't know. We we might have to keep. What's it? Can you guys announce what we've decided for boots mm-hmm. and ball gowns? Yeah, for this year? absolutely. It's yeah. February fifth of twenty twenty two. At the Jones Assembly. Yes. 
and more that you want to tell? I mean, it'll just be a different, you know, in the past we've had a huge sit down dinner for everybody. And now there'll be this really intimate VIP dinner and then the big party. So, but we're going to have tons of food. It's not like people won't be fed, but it's just not going to be the normal sit down with a listening to a program. Then you get up and go dance. It's, it's going to be different. So it's exciting though. I'm excited. Yes. It'll be smaller. I would imagine just because it will be smaller because we, we may not have as much, space but i don't know it might not be small well, it could be technically bigger if they have the roof you can go outside well that's so the jones the criterion we had 1200 mm-hmm. and the jones can technically fit 1600 okay but who that's knows? at a concert where you're all smashed that's in. An, mm-hmm. exactly so yeah we've just i mean initially i think our goal was 800 Right. Um, to a thousand being kind of the max. Right. But I don't know. I mean, maybe next year we'll, I, I don't know. Who yeah. Knows? I think that's why we made that really hard decision to, to, to move to, it. To move it. It's yeah. been, I've felt for you guys because I know that you wanted to have it when you were supposed to have it. Well, I don't, yes, of course we wanted to have it when we were supposed to have it. I think it, we I think we were so excited about the Jones and about the possibility of May. And that was the hardest part was I, you know, we announced the date thinking, you know, vaccines and all this stuff. And it just some, you know, we have somebody who's very in that industry who just said, I don't think so. And we listened and I'm glad we did um, just because I think that now we'll be even more prepared I think, unfortunately, you know, we're all feeling better about the pandemic, but it, there's still a lot of questions and exactly. almost too many to have an 800 person party. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll patiently wait. Exactly. And, and our, February will be here before we know it. That's exactly. right. And there's the sponsors have st- still stepped up and it, it will go over into the new year. Their, their donation will cover the 2022 event. So, right. And yeah. we've had a, a good amount of our sponsors already step up. So it's good. It's been, yeah, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised about how, and the Jones has been wonderful to work with. So, so far I'm so excited. good. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm back on the party circuit. Well, well back no, on. not really. I went to the, we went to a wedding this weekend. I mean, <laughs> I did, but it did feel kind of weird, but I'm working my way up to the, by February, I'll be fully ready for you. I think people. so too. <laughs> so final question. I think. Okay. So I know you've lived in Oklahoma city a long time and you've seen a lot of changes. What? So a friend comes to visit from out of town and maybe they haven't been here in a long time. They haven't seen, seen what's happened. You pick them up at the airport. You have the whole day to yourself. It's not a pandemic. What do you take them to do? What's your perfect, what's, what's your perfect day? And what do you want to show people about our city? Well, first, they're going to go to infant crisis services because well, I want to show them that. Um, um, oh gosh, probably the just uh, there's so much I don't even know where to start. Um, want to take them downtown to Bricktown to Midtown to you know all the different places that have kind of grown up that were not what they probably thought it was going to be. Um, to to uh, the memorial, of course, because we we have something that nobody else really has except for maybe new york um with their memorial as well um i would want them to to see the beauty of um 
the walking trails at Lake Hefner. I'm really proud of that too, mm-hmm. because that's something we didn't have and um, we have now. And you can, any weekend day, you can go out there and there's hundreds of people out Sons there. Tons of people. Yeah. You could go paddle boarding and kayaking now in Lake Hefner. I did not know that. Yeah. There's a little, it's part of the OKC Boathouse Foundation and you can rent a paddleboard out there. It's been kind of fun. I mentioned that my best friend um, moved back from California recently and I've, it's been really fun to, taking her and her husband she passed away in january but taking her and her husband to different places and showing them what oklahoma city has to hold because they lived in san diego for in coronado for 30 years um which is paradise and beautiful (laughs) but they are they she was and her husband still lives here are just they love the openness of oklahoma city they bought a home on an acreage and he'll have a turkey in the backyard one day and the next day there'll be some deer in the backyard and it's like he just said this feels so good it feels clean it feels spacious and i think that that's what oklahoma city has to offer is lots of open spaces lots of um lots more activities than we've had in the past i mean there's a pickleball court now here. Oh Chicken pickles. Yeah, so everybody here knows playing pickleball. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I mean, you know, we 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 have a lot of, and we've been we got Costco finally, yeah. and we, so there's lots of really good. And I'm kind of a shopper, so I mean, I would probably take the person shopping if they were a shopper as well. Yeah, yes. shoppers. And yes, we, we love to that. shop. Yes, and yeah. uh, we've got great restaurants. I yeah, mean, what are your favorites? Well, I've got one real favorite up in Edmond called uh, Bistro Twenty Two. <sighs> I've Which never is, been there. I've as, never been there either. Oh, you must we're go. adding that to the list. Yeah. You must go. Very, very, very What's your good. favorite dish? What do we order? Um, anything there, but I usually get the salmon. Mm. Okay. Bistro I'm 22. a big salmon person. It's a signature grill. Oh, spinoff? Par- yeah, spinoff. Same, oh, same place Oh, I've been dying is. to go to the signature grill and I have, I haven't been for some reason. I don't know. And I like, I love the Paseo too. I think all of those restaurants, there's really not one down there now that I've been to that is not really, really good. I agree. Well, I think that's why I love this question so much because it's really about, I think people are always wowed when they come to Oklahoma City to see really what we have to offer and and what it's all about and see the diversity of the city. Nobody expects it. And that's what every friend I have come to visit, they're all like, wow. This is a really cool place. I think they it's, they think it's going to be a big cow town or mm-hmm. something. Uh, I don't know exactly what they have in their expectations, but when they get here and they see everything, they go, "This you've got a lot of neat things um, going on here. Yeah. And I think our people are really special. We've heard that from a, a lot of our guests. And I think that's what makes Infant Crisis possible is... Absolutely. The people of Oklahoma City and their generosity and... They're volunteering and the people that we help. I, I think that it, it's a really unique place of where the kindness, I think you definitely see when you come to a crisis, you see the kindness of our people. Just Oklahoma in general, because when, when my California friends moved here, they go, people are so nice here. <laughs> I know that's We're so yeah. used to it. I mean, I think we're kind of spoiled. We don't even notice it, but I think when somebody's rude, you're like, oh my gosh, that person was so rude. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's much more jarring. Yes. <laughs> well, so where can people donate and find ICS? Okay. Our physical location is 42nd and Lincoln on the way to the state capitol. So if you're on Lincoln, you'll see us on the east side of Lincoln across from um, the uh, 
election board if you ever have voted early it's across the street from that um our uh, website is www.infantcrisis.org we'd love for you to come and drop off any donations that you have the gently used clothing formula diapers anything like that because like i said in kind donations are important to us as well um our website has a place to donate on uh that and i'd love for you to go to the help another mother um part of the page of our website because that's the what we're doing right now and I, it's all fresh and new and good stuff that um, I think that you all will enjoy and you can really really help another mother that needs some help right now because we've all been there what's the Instagram is it it's at InfoCrisis okay I don't think there's services at the end I think it's just at InfoCrisis Info that was and a you, stumper that Sorry. was a stumper <laughs> golly and if you want to volunteer if mm-hmm. you love to Pack yes. diapers. We are not really taking oh, new right. volunteers right now, but, but you could get your name on the list for then when we take on when we start opening the doors right, for volunteers. Right, and and there's lots of at home things you can do. So lots of people are helping us right now by bringing things. Uh, there's packs that you can put together. You can put a pack together for a toddler that has some snacks in it. So um, that there's extra. So the family's actually getting extra. So if you go on our website and and there's a, a spot that you can look at what you can do from home. They're called they're they're called micro volunteering opportunities. I think we're renaming that, uh, but I don't think it's been renamed yet. Um, but it it should be on our website as well. And that, that gives extras to the family beyond what we're giving them. They get that extra, some puffs and some juice and um, some squeezable applesauce. Right. <laughs> My kids are still eating that and they're 15. Really? 15. Oh, yeah. They love it. That's so funny. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mickey. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for including me. I was waiting to, you brought me my little pr- surprise when you guys kicked this off, your almond milk. Oh, and, oh, that's, oh right. that's right. And, and the muffins. Oh, the, the muffins. muffins. The muffins are good. I need to make those again. I know. Jeff actually mentioned, he was like, you haven't made the muffins in a while. I was like, oh, okay. Is that a little <laughs> take hint? It. Is that a little hint? It yeah. was, it was uh, very smart, very smart on y'all's part because I see, I remember exactly what you brought me good. and then I thought maybe someday they'll call and you called me. So yeah, that's good. Well, thank you for answering. Of course. <laughs> thank you. We love you. Oh, we'll see love you, you guys too. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at ActionCityOKC.com. Action City is produced by Blackened Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blackened Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. <laughs>